Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to The Clay Project. I'm your host as usual, Ebony Fair, and today it is just me. So things are going to be a bit different because I will be sharing my own Clay story. So people have asked me over the course of the 20 weeks that The Clay Project has been running for when I'd actually share my story. So today's the day, guys. I hope you are blessed. I hope you're stirred. I hope you're convicted. All of that jazz. If you're friends with me already, if you're family, you might be in for a few surprises, but I'm sure you'll survive it. Hi, mom. (laughs) But yeah, guys, before I even start, I just really want to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in over the last 20 weeks. It's been such a blessing just having conversations with you, getting your feedback. Thanks to everyone who shared this episode as well. Everyone who's subscribed to the podcast, everyone who's given a review, all of that jazz. So thank you all so much. It's been a blessing to me. I'm so grateful. Are you ready? (laughs) I'll start from before I was born. I like to tell my testimony from before I was born because I think it gives some context to how I am now and like what my childhood kind of was like. My parents got married. They lived in London and then you know, six years down the line, there wasn't any sort of medical issues or anything, but they just couldn't have children, right? I think I mentioned this on the PK episode, so please go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I think it gives good insights of what my childhood was like. When my dad answered the call to go back to Nigeria to be a missionary, my parents fell pregnant with me and voila, (laughs) I was born and six months after I was born or so, my parents and I moved to Nige. So this presents an interesting dynamic because my parents are Nigerian, I'm Nigerian, but they moved to Nigeria as missionaries. So missionaries technically, but they were in their home country. So I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, but I didn't grow up in a typical African household. Sometimes I see the memes and stuff and I can't relate to half of them. Although we lived in Nigeria and I went to school in Nigeria and everything, England just seemed like it was home. It always kind of was the plan that after a while we would either return or I would return. You know, that was kind of an unspoken truth within the household. I grew up in a very, very, very loving family. Like my dad was present, mom was present, my brother and I. It was just like a cute little, you know, quad family. I call it the quad squad, but. I'm just cheesy like that. And yeah, just grew up in that. Um, Obviously, being a PK, you know, a lot of church involvement, getting to know the things of God. So I had no doubts regarding whether or not God was real, whether God was true. Honestly, my life, just me being alive, me being the miracle child in quotes that I am, I knew that God was real. I knew that his blessings were upon my life. Schoolwork, everything I sort of like did in my childhood, it just seemed like I was some sort of golden child, which mm, that is good and bad, to be honest, because I think it does put pressure on kids. But that's another story. So I just grew up, you know, did well at school, you know, just being a normal kid, I suppose, doing the church stuff, you know, being involved in children's church playing the keys and worship just a little bit teens church that was all great like childhood was wonderful I do remember however there were just certain situations where like maybe my friends at school were doing things and I'd come home and ask my parents and even before I asked I just knew the answer was going to be no right it's just like might as well just ask just you know so we can 
add some drama in the household kind of thing. I just remember on certain occasions just really getting upset, especially with my dad, and just asking him, like, Dad, why? Like, why can't I be like other kids? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Blah, de, blah, de, blah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was rude in some cases, but sorry, Dad. Love you. Yeah, I just really wanted to know why. I just felt like I didn't choose to be a PK. Like, why can't I be like other kids? So that would happen and that would go down or whatever. And then fast forward a bit. I remember it was a concert. So the 14th of February, 2009, there was a concert at church. And I remember that's probably the first time I actually gave my life to Christ properly. Other times before that, it was me asking my mom to pray the sinner's prayer with me, you know, in the house or me praying by myself, you know, after you watch a left behind movie or one of those things or, you know, a hellish type of movie. Um, so all those before that, it was just out of fear. I remember when I gave my life to Christ on that 14th of February, that's probably the first time I can say, okay, yeah, that was my first day. But I don't really count my salvation from that day just because of everything that happened afterwards. In 2009, you know, life was going all right. I was um, school, 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 in secondary school. And then after secondary school, like I mentioned before, it was kind of, an unspoken thing that everyone just kind of knew that I was going to go back to England to further my education so A levels and then university yeah I don't think there was ever a discussion a serious discussion anyway about me staying in Nigeria like you know missionary kid you go back to the home home sort of church so that's what I did anyway so when I was 16 I moved to England um and that's probably my first sort of taste of freedom relative freedom um because I was still in sixth form so yeah I kind of started to sort of form my own opinions about certain things around that time as well I was getting quite a bit more attention from guys um because I was a cutie <laughs> no just generally um and I enjoyed that I feel like at that time I was like oh like girl you're so cute okay like look at how many guys are messaging you and all of that so I started feeding off those um you know, whether it be compliments or just how many guys are messaging me or how many guys want to meet up with me, blah, blah, blah. That was the whole root of everything. And just kind of basing my worth on those criteria, which is very dangerous. And I think that opened up a lot of doors, just moving up until like my late teens. I remember just getting into many situationships that I genuinely didn't have any business of being in. I also exposed myself to the whole spectrum of abuse. So apart from getting hit, I actually wasn't hit, which is good because a sis cannot fight to save her life. So there was that. I also remember being cyberbullied at some point. And that particular time just really warped my opinion or my view of life generally, my view of myself, my view of other people. I became very skeptical so carrying on skepticism of, you know, people from church days, you know, when church people would, you know, snitch on you or whatever, and carrying that on from whoever was cyberbullying me, whoever anonymous person it was, I was just very skeptical of the world. It was kind of like, well, you know, only me and my family have my back kind of thing. And my self-esteem was also in the gutter. 
sometimes I just look at myself in the mirror and just think, wow, so ugly. Like, what are you doing? Which is crazy. It's crazy for me to say that right now because I'm just like, girl, you're so gorgeous. Like, you're an actual beautiful human being. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, at the time, you know, when you open yourself up to sin like that, um, so the boys drinking, drugs, clubbing, like a whole, everything you can think of. Yeah, like I'm generally reserved, but I'm also quite adventurous. Like I would try things. I'm kind of like a, you know, don't knock it till you try it kind of girl. So I think that was an open door, to be honest, to my downfall at the time. Because I was just like, okay, yeah, like I haven't tried this before. Might as well try it. I want to explore the world. Like I know God was calling me to many things, but I was just like, God, later, I'm not even trying to do this now. I'm not trying to, I'm not even trying to be that serious Christian girl that I guess people thought I was or people hoped that I would become right and so yeah that was just an endless cycle of guys and every just every unclean thing at this point um by this point I was already in uni so I was in my first year of university and um yeah I was I was just doing the most and it's crazy because my spiritual life was in the dump but my education, like, you know, I was, I was smashing it, not to even be boastful or anything. So it almost felt like, oh, you know, there's no consequences of what I'm doing because I'm still doing well at school. That was my thinking at the time. And I was going to a church. I was going to a small church and, oh, I just, honestly, I just really thank God for that church, for the pastor and his wife and his wife, especially. Um, Lynn, I love you so much, but, um, I digress. She would come and pick me up for services on a Sunday morning. Yeah, and, you know, I'd stay with them after service, you know, fellowship, food, all of that jazz, and they'll take me back home. And it just reminded me so much of home. Like, you know, just the love that I experienced back home when I was still, you know, my early teens in my childhood. And I loved it. I loved their kids. Um, and honestly, I used to go to the services just so I could play with the kids. If you guys don't know, I, I love children. And um so, yeah, it was just kind of like, I just go there just for that. Through that, that's where my salvation came from, really. So in 2015, December, so usually I go back home in December. Um, so home now, I'm talking about Nige. I go back to Nige in December. And I remember just coming back and just thinking, I can't do this anymore. Like I'd reached a point just mentally, emotionally, where I was so drained. Guys, I don't even think I can explain to you what it felt like. This can't be all that life is. You know, in the Bible where it talks about the prodigal son, I was a prodigal daughter. I was with the pigs at this point. No shade to anyone. But I genuinely was eating the pig food. And I was just like, I know that life can be so much better than this. I know that God has called me to be so much more than this. Like, Actually, deep it, guys. My names. Okay, we'll talk about two of my names because I think they're relevant. Ebuifelua means gift of God's love. And then Ayomide means my joy has come. And I'm just thinking, like, at this time, I was thinking, why am I not living up to my names? Like, God has given me such a wonderful family. I'm surrounded by so many great people. And I'm sacrificing all of that for what? That's, that's literally what my mindset was at the time. So... I came back in January 2016 and it was the 8th of January. I remember because it was the second week. I can't remember what the pastor preached, 
genuinely, I don't even think it had anything to do with how I was feeling at the time. But I just raised up my hand in the service at the altar call and I was just like, God, I'm ready. I'm genuinely ready. I've done everything I can possibly do. I've tried to fill this void by doing so many things. Like I've tried everything. Do you get what I mean? So it's, it felt like God was telling me that, okay, are you happy now? Like, are you happy? Are you happy now that you've cried your eyes out? Are you happy now that, you know, your emotions are all over the place? And I just, I was just so tired. You know, I was so tired of running away from God. I was so tired of my sin. I was so tired of the way I was feeling, the emptiness, the hopelessness and the tears, guys. I cried so much. I mean, generally I can cry. I can cry. But those two years of prodigaling, and being a prodigal daughter, I cried so much. Anyway, and I remember just bowing my knees to Christ that service and just being like, God, like, I'm ready. I'm ready to give you everything. And honestly, I'd like to tell you that after that time, I was like, oh, yes, girl, I'm a saint. Like, no more sin, no more shame. Now, it's been a journey. Um, Definitely not there yet, but genuinely, I'm at a point where I'm just like, I'm not going to go back willingly. Like, Someone's going to have to poke out my eyes, my ears, my everything. I'm not going to go back because I know what back there means. And like back there has nothing to offer me genuinely. Like that's one thing I'm so sure of because of just what I've gone through, I suppose. That sin, the world, even if it may seem shiny for a season, it has absolutely nothing to offer you. And there will be tears at the end of it, whether it be after a year, after a day, after 10 years or in eternity. Like, it's not sweet. It's not a good look. It's not cute. Okay. And yeah, since then, God's just been helping me, really. Um, helping me with my relationship with people, trusting people, trusting God as well. And at this point, I really just want to talk to specific groups of people. Uh, firstly, if you're PK and you're listening to this episode I thank you for actually sticking with it so far and I just really want to tell you that it's okay to put those walls down I think as PKs it's so easy and you kind of have to be tough um, and sometimes that leads to you know putting up walls so that people can't hurt you you know the way they hurt your family your dad your mom however and it's okay to put those walls down and honestly like you never want to get to a point where you're listening to the word you're listening to the truth of the gospel but it's not even getting inside because those walls are so high up that not even God can do you get me like and it's just like really do you want to fight against God do you want to fight against the Holy Spirit that's my word for you guys I really hope that if you have those walls up if you haven't made a personal decision to follow Christ that you do so, you know the truth. It will set you free, I promise. Like all the hurt that you may be feeling, it's only for a season, it's temporary. It doesn't compare to the hurt that you would feel down the line if you follow the path of sin and all of that. I also want to talk to teenage girls, girls in their 20s. The world, this world that we live in, society, really places certain standards of beauty on girls I can't speak for boys so I'm not going to speak to the boys but on girls and I really just want to let you know that you are beautiful however you look you are beautiful to God and I really want you to know that it is God's standards that matter 
man changes their standards every 10 years it's like oh this year big lips are in fashion oh no actually no we want thin lips this year you know they want a full body and next everyone needs to get abs and be skinny so if you stick with God his standards don't change he doesn't change so I really encourage you just to believe for yourself that you are beautiful. Your parents can tell you that you're beautiful. Boys can tell you you're beautiful. Your girlfriends can tell you you're beautiful. But if you don't believe it for yourself, you're not going to move like the queen and the princess that you are. Okay. All right. And um, I really just want to encourage anyone in an abusive relationship or situationship at the moment it doesn't have to be a case where the other person is hitting you, to be honest. I think sometimes we deceive ourselves and we're like, oh yeah, at least they're not hitting me. But there's so much more. There's verbal abuse, there's emotional, there's mental, there's sexual. Genuinely, you're worth so much more. And I pray that you see that. I pray you see yourself through the eyes of God because he sees so much more, so much more than you see about yourself. And he really loves you. It's easier said than done, I know, but get out. Get get out of it. Come out of it. Um, and I pray that you find a good support system to help you through that process as well. And I just also want to encourage anyone who's on the fence at the moment. It's never too late. It's not too late right now to rewrite the rest of your story, okay? There's so many aspects of my life that God has started to use for his glory you know how I mentioned that, you know, I'm an adventurous person, don't knock it till you try it kind of girl, right? That's something that I found so beautiful even in my relationship with God is because there's so many things, including this podcast, that I'm like, okay, God, like, if you want me to do that, I'm gonna try it, like, you know, let's, let's do it kind of thing. So don't think that, you know, God can't use who you are, you know, your personality, your skills, any of those things come just come to Jesus he loves you so much I can't overstate this okay and whew, guys to everyone else listening at this time I just would appreciate if you sort of stop multitasking and doing whatever you're doing especially if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ this whole podcast all these episodes all the hours put into recording you know put into editing put into bringing it out to these platforms wouldn't be worth anything if you guys just hear it and nothing changes. The whole essence of the Clay Project is to show you how God can change an individual, how God can take someone from darkness to light. And so whatever point you are in life, whether you want to hear about God or you're not even trying to move that way, I just really want to tell you that there's hope in Jesus. And there is so much joy. Like I can't even, I can't explain it. The kind of joy I feel now in my life, I don't think I could ever have imagined it back in 2014 or 2015 or even 2013. Jesus loves you. There's not much more I can say than that. Okay. If you have any questions, if you want to talk things through, if there's anything I've said in my testimony and my story that has resonated with you and you just kind of want to talk to someone about it I'm not a licensed professional so please if you need a licensed professional please refer to the sound mind episode but I'm happy to talk things through and I'm happy to encourage you I'm happy to pray with you so if that's where you're at please send a dm to the clay.project on instagram or an email to the clayproject.pod at gmail.com 
thank you all for sticking with me through this season. And I am really looking forward to what God has in store for us for season two. Follow me on Instagram at theclay.project for all the updates and I'll keep you posted on when season two will be released. Love you guys so much and have a wonderful day.